Begin transmission. Hello, everybody. It is Chris, aka Staraptor, joined by the full crew with Milton and with Ben. This week, we're talking about all of the San Diego Comic Con 2023 reveals, all the news coming out of the biggest pop culture convention on the planet. So, yes, very excited to dive into things from Hasbro reveals to uh, looks at really cool things that were used in an upcoming series for Ahsoka. And even some video game news. So we're going to dive into all that this week on Outer Rim Transmission. Ben, we didn't have you here last week. How's it going, man? I'm good, good. It's been it was a nice couple weeks, and I'm I uh, ready to start talking Star Wars again. I mean, I watched your guys' episode last week. It was a really good breakdown, and you know, I'm ready to hop back on here again. Yeah, we definitely had a lot to say about the Ahsoka trailer. Right off the top, if you want to give us like a quick like one minute yep. just reaction to what you've seen, I'm sure yep. everybody out there would like to hear your thoughts. Yep. All right. So I think the trailer was I, I really thought about it at first, so it wasn't just hyperbole, but I really think that was the best trailer Disney Star Wars has released. Um if not if it's not the best, it's either tied with the first Force Awakens trailer for hype level, I think, for me. Um, so I, th I think it's on that level of hype. And then uh, in terms of the contents of the trailer, I think it was just great. Like it gave you a sense of what's going on, gave you an idea of who the bad guy was. Um, of course, we saw some awesome action sequences. And then, of course, all of the stuff. I mean, what we were watching as hardcore fans and for, of course, our listeners and viewers, I'm sure the podcast, you know, we're basically watching a trailer for Rebels season five for all intents and purposes. Mm -hmm. Like. That's, that's what it is. There were several shots throughout the trailer that were taken and lifted completely from Rebels, which makes me think, because I saw some side-by-side -side shots in the, in the last couple weeks, like the shot of Lothal, shot of Sabine, shot of Ezra, etc., etc. Like, those different shots were lifted right from, like, the Rebels season finale. So, to me, I think, this is my bold prediction, I think we might actually, like, maybe get, like, kind of a flashback in live action to the rebels finale to like catch up the mm -hmm. audience who didn't watch i think that's what's going to happen because why else would they show that same imagery so i think we have that and then i think the big takeaway of course like you know you have all the great action stuff you know ray stevenson looks great as um balen um and i think the biggest takeaway though is thrawn like thrawn looks great sounds great um and i'm just it it, it like really pushed my hype level to where it needs to be even more for the series and then i think it made overall like a really good impact on you know in terms of like hype across social media as well so it did its job there and yeah i'm ready to go heck yeah yeah as i was saying and we're saying on last week's podcast i think what this trailer does well is it, it encapsulates so many great elements of star wars whether it's the little nuanced nitty gritty things like i was saying with uh sabine and a gun turret nostalgic for that gunning scene in in uh, a new hope to uh having those mystery boxes like ooh, who is this masked character maroc that's a inquisitor and and well, and what's going on with balin and and I, shin and all these different characters right it, it's got that kind of force awakens feel as you put it to where it's literally okay we have so many questions already and they're giving us those big impactful character moments inside of the actual 
trailer such as oh my gosh uh a master like wait since when has sabine been training under ahsoka oh. and is she force sensitive so it's been giving us those really big large-scale pictures of what's happening with different characters and it's almost like is this really meant to be called ahsoka because it feels like maybe it should be called like the new republic uh i don't know but or some other yeah. like grander title because it almost seems more like an ensemble type of thing well, like like a movie would have than uh, than a specific series like book of boba fett or something yeah i mean just to be real quick on this point too you know you have that ensemble feel to it it feels to me it feels almost like of course like rebels of course but it feels like the original trilogy in a way of like hey we get our big three heroes like going on an adventure together like you know ahsoka sabine and hera and you know instead of han luke and leia so like i think it does good at that but also, you know, this is like a little detail, of course, that, you know, we would talk about in a more expansive podcast is, you know, I'm sure our eagle eyed viewers and I'm sure you guys as well. Like, it makes me wonder who the character was standing behind Thrawn in the trailer. It could be just a no nobody like just in the background or something. But man, I kept pausing that trailer and looking at it. And like, I took a screenshot and zoomed in and was like, man, you can't even tell who that is. Like, but there is a character standing behind Thrawn. And I feel like they purposely put them in there just because they will be, like, it'll be something maybe, I mean, maybe that's, like, Filoni's version, new version that of Rook or something, you know? Like, his bodyguard there. So maybe maybe it's something like that. Um, but, yeah, like, that was an interesting little mystery box thrown in the trailer as well. But, yeah, I mean, overall, it's, it's going to be a really good time. And I think the best takeaway for me, if I had to summarize the trailer, would be it feels like we are watching live action animation like it like you can tell dave filoni knows how to translate animation to live action perfectly because it looks like i could picture that whole trailer in animation and now we're getting it in live action so that that would be my big summary it just feels like we're watching live action animation yeah certainly does milton it's good to see you i know we were having a little bit of tech issues but we're good on all fronts here on the podcast so what's been going on the last week have you had any time to dwell on some Star Wars, watch any videos, listen to any audiobooks, play any new Star Wars games. Oh, I have to catch up with you, man. Have you played that Rebel Assault game they picked up like a month ago? Yeah, I tried to. For some reason, <laughs> it wasn't working very well on the PS2. So I need to like, it, it loads up, but it doesn't play yet. So I, maybe I need to like find PlayStation 1 somewhere because I do want to play that game. I was looking at it on YouTube day just to see what it looks like again and i'm like yeah i played this when i was a kid but i may have to find an original playstation just to play it which that's fine with me i know plenty of places to get one i got um, one hooked up in the basement that i still play tony hawk pro skater once a year when my parents usually have um christmas and, and my cousins and my niece and nephew yeah. over and i'm showing them oh this is the game i used to play for hours on end doesn't it look so cool <laughs> and it's yeah, like little yeah, sprites no, I now and i i know it works because like i said legit it boots up and then like it goes black but maybe i need to be more patient and let it like load up but i don't have that patience for it because i just want to play it um as for games like i said the last time i played a star wars game was i was still working on super star wars and super empire um, and I, I want to sit down and play Battlefront because I got Battlefront 2, so I want to play both of those eventually. And my brother and I were talking about, I'm trying to find him another copy of Battlefront 2 so I can give him our other PlayStation 2 and he can play that as well. So, um, 
yeah, like it's you know me. I'm always about looking for the games, and I'm currently looking for some current games now, like for this new for the old system. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much been my week of Star Wars. Um, I did buy uh, the Rogue One. Um, uh, not not the not the art of what's the other one? The um, Visual Dictionary. Yes, the Visual Ooh, Dictionary. There's yeah, some I got good stuff in there. Um, I haven't looked at it yet, but I want to look at it sometime this week, and then. As for my main thing in Star Wars, it's more like news, but like obviously I sent you guys that article about John Boyega. He's he's promoting that new movie on Netflix called uh, A Clone Tyrone with Jamie yep. Foxx and him. Like he talked about his thoughts on The Last Jedi. And uh, <laughs> I mean, look, John Boyega and I can be friends because he, he knows exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> that movie ain't, the, ain't that great. And he, he said it. I mean, he said it, but that's pretty much been my week in Star Wars. Um, ready to get into it. Hopefully, we have a good podcast tonight. Oh yeah, so we're 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 kind of catching up with the news. We're gonna have a briefer show. I don't know if it's briefer. We we've been shooting for an hour, regardless. Anyway, although you know, some weeks we go a little bit over, but we are on a little bit of a time limit tonight. Um, but we're gonna throw it over to Ben. Ben, Star Wars. Anything in your life that has been happening recently as far as new how's your read through or listen whatever it is you however you consume the stories on the page yeah i know you're currently in one of the books yeah so uh, i'm currently on the all right so i'm currently on the last command i um the third book of the original thrawn trilogy and i can tell you exactly so i have three hours and 17 minutes left of it so i'm almost done with the last command I'll, i'll i'll have that done in the next probably two days um and that book's been phenomenal like it's been amazing and you know just the stories the character i think that's the big part you know um i mean milton can relate but that's that's the big part you know the reason why people love these a lot of these legends books so much like this the zon trilogy of course is like you know the mount everest like the peak of of star wars books but it it's um it's just the characters. The characters are all so good. Like de- they're developed so well. Luke's character goes through such a great arc through these books. Um, Mara Jade, like her character, it's great to see where they're at. So like right now in the book, it's right at the part where Han and Luke and Chewie and Mara and Lando and the droids they go to Wayland um, mm. because you know they're we're, we're we're getting the lead up to like the big the big climax of the book. And the the great thing is with this it really got me thinking for the ahsoka series as well as the filoni movie especially considering bad batch since bad Mm -hmm. batch has already you know referenced mount tantus and wayland and all this stuff like it makes you wonder like you know while i was listening to this today i was like man i wonder i mean we're you know we have wayland in the book we have mount tantus in in bad batch all this stuff and and the interesting little snippet I got out of the book today was, you know, Thrawn, like, talking, uh, you know, basically his backup plan, you know, to potentially make some clones in, like, the outer region, unknown region and stuff. And it makes you wonder, like, what they're going to end up potentially, like, pulling, say, from imagery or concepts mm. from these books. Because, you know, right now Thrawn is, like, in the basically unknown regions for all intents and purposes in canon. And then... You know, that was kind of his plan in these books. And then on top of it, like, I don't know, there's just a lot of, like, imagery and, like, concepts I feel like that they 
definitely probably have taken from from these original books. So I think you have that, like, in terms of, like, it, it can potentially connect to the current stuff. But, you know, these books are standalone, on, on, you know, as they are. Like, I tweeted before the show a half hour ago and said, hey, like, if I could greenlight a trilogy, like, you know... I would greenlight like a um, carbon copy pretty much of the Zahn trilogy because it's just so good. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's my thing. I'm wrapping up the, the original Zahn trilogy and then we'll see what I go on to next because I have another credit for Audible. So, um, yeah, I got another book coming here soon. I mean, I'll, I'll be able to give the full book review next week. <laughs> oh, great. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we keep saying here that, they, they, you know, Dave Filoni, and we're going to talk about a story later on that has to do with San Diego Comic-Con, a certain vehicle that has been plucked out of Legends and put into canon in live action. You know, that's a lot to say right there. Um, so, yeah, there, it's cool seeing these things cherry-picked. Uh, we got Wayland, we got that Mount Tantus. All that stuff is happening. Yep. Maybe I was expecting to see that in season three of Mando. I thought that that one shot of um, the scientist guy walking through with the other female officer, I thought that was technically going to be like a Wayland sequence or something. I know other people thought that as well. But yeah, it's cool seeing that all pick through. Uh, speaking through, uh, speaking of the overall um, the audio thing, Audible, your next book and all that. Yep. I've already been recommending this one. This will flow right into what's out this week as well as what's been my star wars week i'll tackle uh two birds with one stone on this one is i literally just finished and you can actually watch the review my time with star wars inquisitor rise of the red blade by delilah s dawson was awesome i mean i tore through this book in about three days i was eating lunch reading this thing i was eating breakfast reading this thing i was i was fitting in what time i could to try to get through this book because it wasn't just, oh, I wanted to get this review up. I was engrossed in the book because I was engaged with the story. And these are the kind of books that I could easily recommend to any Star Wars fan because there's no, like, homework, quote-unquote, that you have to read, right? I, I can't re re recommend High Republic Phase 2 or Phase 3 book because, oh, you guys have to read, like, 15 books to get to this point. Whereas this book is, like, this is the quintessential kind of gold standard, I would call it, for a Star Wars book that you can pick up and read because 90% of the characters in here are made just for this book. So there's a sense of boldness to it, a sense of Delilah Dawson like swings for the fences when she's coming to consequence and, and character decisions. It's a deep dive. It's one of the first Star Wars books I've ever read where it's focused on one perspective the entire book. You're not jumping between you know, her lover for a, a, a chapter and then going back to her. And it's literally just all about her, the entire book. So I thought that was kind of refreshing to just have that because sometimes I'm reading a Star Wars book and they purposely do a cliffhanger and then with this one character and then you go to this other character and then another character after that, I'm sitting there reading it. Like just, I want to see what the resolution was of two chapters ago with this character. It's great seeing this play yeah. out the way it does in this book. Plus, the character of Iskata Karras, who is this Inquisitor, we get her full journey from Jedi to Jedi Knight to Inquisitor. And I already said this before. I said this is a better turning of somebody from a Jedi to a, you know, a dark side user than I think that Anakin Skywalker was. I feel like just the kind of organic and logical... Um, distrust in a Jedi. I think Delilah Stelson does a great job with showcasing 
why the Jedi fell it wasn't just because Palpatine was pulling the strings. Like, themselves as an organization just were becoming just so into themselves. And, and we've we've seen this all before, right? It's, it's nothing new, but the way that Delilah Stalson writes it makes it more evident than ever that you would actually pick her side. And you could actually understand, like, yeah, maybe I would even join a dark side if I was going through some of the crap that I was going through. Because it's very much a story about a black sheep. She is an unknown species to Star Wars, and she feels like the the outsider, even in the Jedi Order. You know, she, she has this backstory where she ends up you know causing havoc to a certain degree and after that everybody looks at her like you know that one kid that you always knew in school that nobody would kind of talk and and that plays on you and it really gets into i love how delilah stalson writes this book from her own personal experience there's a nice note in the front of the book that i've never seen a star wars author put in there and it really puts things in perspective right before you jump into the book like okay we are getting into some really deep stuff in this book, like some really dark and really deep stuff that is happening in this book. And it's so refreshing because we're dealing with these characters and you're seeing her threading through the points of major sequences in the prequels and through Order 66. So you're getting like Geonosis and stuff like that. There's so much happening here. But again, it's all fresh. It's all like, okay, what's happening in this corner of this scene over here? as this is happening, that we're seeing it on screen. You're getting a lot of those sort of moments. You're seeing the Clone Wars played out probably in one of the best ways I've ever seen. Like, we don't get a lot of the actual toll this is taking on the Jedi. And in this book, it's giving us, oh, the Jedi. Oh, did you, did you guys know that, you know, 200, 300 Jedi went to Geonosis and only 29 survived? Like, the Jedi are literally falling from a sense of their perspective as well as their numbers are like drastically getting declined to the point where they're having to promote Jedi Padawans to Jedi Knights just to get them out there to get field experience. Like it's pretty bad when the Jedi Masters are just getting killed left and right, left and right, and things have to get expediated. And when that happens, then things start to fall through the wayside and, you know, certain restrictions and regulations that would normally be in cause to keep people under control aren't there anymore and i'm not trying to make this like a 30 minute podcast because i probably could just on this book but what i can say and i'm sure you can all you guys could all see it on my face and hear it like yes this is one of the best star wars books i've read in the last probably five years it's that good and i think it's the best entry level book i always get that question what book do i start with i'm going to point to this book now i honestly like if you have any kind of interest in Inquisitors, Dark Side, you like Clone Wars, this is the book for you, easily. And I have my review, my review that's probably a little bit more succinct on my points on the channel right now. So if you want to see like more of my points on that, check that video out on the channel. YouTube.com slash Star Raptor. By the way, I didn't even do a proper introduction for the show. Um, yes, this is on YouTube if you are listening to it. And if you are watching and you want to hear it on a podcast streaming app of your choice, just check out Outer Rim Transmission. We're on Spotify, Google, Apple, and all the other ones. So check that out. But yeah, I think you guys really enjoyed this one. I already told you, Ben, like probably a good idea to pick this one up when you're done with your current read or listen. Sounds good, man. All right. Getting into the show proper. We're going to talk all about Sandio Comic-Con 2023. So a little bit of a preamble to this. This was definitely, and I put out a tweet on this earlier. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I usually follow 
the news pretty pretty closely out of this convention because we were used to getting a lot of big announcements. This is where the Marvel stuff usually drops. This is where the DC stuff usually drops. A lot of movies, and obviously, you know, we're on. A, there's a writer strike. There is an actor strike. So nobody can actually go out and promote what's what they're working on. It's part of the rules and regulations of the guilds of the unions that they all these people are part of. Um, so this is kind of going back to what Comic Con initially was all about in 1976, I believe, is when it first started. When it, even Star Wars had a presence there with Luke, uh, with with Mark Hamill and everybody. This is really what the heart of this is all about: art. Um, you know, just artists as well as comic books, writers, artists, toys, video games, all the ancillary stuff that I don't want to degrade it calling ancillary, but all the stuff that's in addition to the movies, all the other kinds of entertainment. That's what Comic-Con has always been about. And it wasn't until about, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years ago that Hollywood was like, oh, let's cash in on this and like get all of our celebrities over there and we'll get an extra little push for our genre type based movies and so it's kind of interesting like looking at the news we're not getting like huge crazy stuff that people on twitter are going crazy about but we are still getting the things that you would you know normally get you're we're going to talk about publishing a little we're going to talk about hasbro we're going to talk about video games you know props of upcoming series that are showcased on the floor they still have all the booths all that stuff so yeah getting into i don't know if you guys have any if you've been following anything um, about the convention in general, besides Star Wars or anything, I haven't found anything that's been super like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Um, but I'm sure I'm going to try to go next year, of course, um, when things should be back to normal. But it looks like it's it's a good time anyway. I haven't seen anybody saying much. I mean, I feel yeah. like I feel like Comic Con is, in my opinion, it's kind of fell off the last couple of years. I think I mean it has a lot to do with just with COVID, obviously yep. a big thing. Yep. Thing is, too, though, a lot of these studios been try, been trying to find a reason. Yeah. To pull out of it. I mean, look at mm -hmm. years when it wasn't pre even pre-COVID. How many years when Marvel or DC or Disney would be like, hey, we're not going to show something this year. We're not going to have a panel. We're going to show it at, e was it E3? Yeah, E3, E23. Or E3 or something like that. Or like New York Comic Con or something. like They find reasons to not want to always bring panels there. Mm -hmm. so I'm sure it's an expense to them oh yeah so maybe cheaper it may be cheaper for them to just do it in their own way mm -hmm. of controlling it i mean and look they have i mean disney has its own streaming network so if they wanted to they can just stream something off of disney plus they, like kind of like uh what's the dc one that they do fandom fandom, fandom. Yeah. so yeah. dc fandom did that which was great for them like they they, they controlled their property they were able to release things on there and show it in a way that's okay. This it's all about DC. We don't have to mix it with Marvel or compete with Disney or whomever. So it makes sense that these studios would find a reason to back out. I mean, I do remember, like you said, Chris, you know, I look forward to Comic-Con every year. Like within the last 10 years, I've always made a point not to watch everything live, but at least like, hey, if I saw a trailer... Or at least yep. go back and watch a panel later when it was able to be, you know, put on YouTube. Really enjoyed that. Um, now it's like, okay, they, they may announce something. Or a lot of times I get it off of Instagram or you guys put it in the page or yep. the group chat. So I was like, okay. Like, I mean, it, they really don't give us a reason to actually be on the computer 
you know, four hours, five hours a day waiting for them to drop something. I mean, that's well, that's not feasible for me because, you know, your boy works all day. But even if I wasn't working or if I had some time throughout the day, I'd say, oh, let me check YouTube real quick, see if they drop something. Like, I don't yeah. look forward to that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the other convention? Star Wars Celebration. Like, yeah, you go to that, which is dope. But, like, they, at least Star Wars Celebration has it done right to where they're saying, okay, when you come here, we're dropping stuff, but oh, you better yeah. pay attention. Mm-hmm. You know, and even like for their, their, I love how they stream it those three or four days. Oh, like, yeah. Okay, great. I can go back and watch it later in the weekend if I can't get to it like mm-hmm. live. So I, oh. I love how Star Wars does it now, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, well, the, the thing is when it comes to um, San Diego Comic Con or even like any of the other cons that are not D23 or DC Fandom, etc., it's hard for them to compete with those those cons because, all right, for D23, for example, you have whoever to host it. For Star Wars Celebration, you have, what, Warwick Davis hosting it or Mark Hamill or whoever? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you have, you have big personalities. I mean, DC Fandom, I mean, they had James Gunn host the entire thing, and James Gunn was great at it. Like, he put on a good show. He had, you know, he really, like, like worked the the presentation and it was really really good so like it's hard to compete against that when you just have like a host or something you know so like they have that built in and then like from the studio's perspective it's like you know like you were saying milton why why would we pay why would i pay san diego comic-con however much to rent out a space when we have disney plus to work with or our own d23 event or our own whatever event like like it's just it's a hard thing to do um but yeah, like the good thing is at least even without like all the actors and creatives there, you know, at least we're still getting these potential like new product announcements that we're going to be going oh, over yeah. and video games and things like that. Because if it wasn't for those things, I mean, these conventions would be pretty much in the dust because <sighs> like, you know, how big of a percentage of people are actually like, say, comic book readers actually going to that? Like, sure, there are there are a lot of them, but mm-hmm. a lot of people go to those conventions for the celebrities, the announcements, the products, like, um, you know, that's that's the hard part, you know, being in 2023 now with with so many things being digital. Oh yeah, so let's get let's get into those product announcements. First off, this one was really strange. I had to do a little bit of digging on this one. I know the guys at the Star Wars Underworld have a presence at San Diego Comic Con. Shout out to Dominic over there. Um, hopefully, I'll be joining you next next time, man. Uh, see if I can get tickets. For 2024, I know there's a, there's a bunch of us uh, that are that are trying to go next year because there's no celebration. Um, so if any of you guys listen to the show and you're thinking about going, uh, maybe we can all coordinate something um, to any viewers, listeners, you guys, whatever. Uh, but yeah, so so this was interesting. They have they had a Lego booth, and I don't know if you guys seen the Lego booth, but it was really cool. It looked like like a blockbuster video. Did you see that one, Ben? No, I haven't seen that one, but it I'm gonna like, have to look it up. It's called like Brickbuster or something. And it was it looked just it was so cool. I guess that's their booth that you could buy the new Legos. Anyway, they yeah. had like coming attractions like they would in Blockbuster. It was a total nostalgia trip. And they had something crossed off or partially blocked that you could tell it was like the first STA and then the couple like IAN or something. So it was like Star Wars Mandalorian, basically. And I guess they eventually revealed it later on in the weekend, but basically what it is, it's like this man Star Wars Mandoween. 
So we yep. had terrifying tales a couple years ago, and now we're getting a, a, Ma- a proper Mandalorian themed Lego special. Uh, so that's cool. I don't know why this isn't like official news. Like I looked all over the internet. Like I'm surprised StarWars.com doesn't have anything. Uh, there's no official announcement, but yet it was on there. Unless this is a total like false thing that was they were <laughs> trying to like be funny about it. I don't know, but like USA reporter or somebody reported on it. So I'm guessing there's got to be some credence to it if uh, journalists are talking about it out there. But well, I just found that weird that there's like no information on this thing. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking at the, the Brickbuster thing now. That's really cool, actually, how they set that up. I'm looking at a picture. Um, but but yeah, like the Mandoween thing, it's interesting. Like you said, they didn't like... Maybe it was just meant to be like a preview because they're going to do like a, a, you know, it's it's a perfect time to announce it after Ahsoka's over because by the time Ahsoka's done, it'll be October at some point. Oh, so, yeah. So, you know, think about it. Like, it would just get crushed here in the next coming weeks, like any news about it. So maybe they just kept it as a preview, like as just a little, like a little early, early teaser for it. And then maybe they just be like, as soon as Ahsoka ends, like a week later... I don't know, say if it's the middle of October or whatever, they're like, hey guys, um, October 31st or whatever, whatever day Halloween Mm -hmm. is, 30th, you know, boom, there's Mandoween and we get a Lego Halloween Mandalorian special. Maybe it's something like that. And for me, I'm all for it because, like, I like the different holiday special things for Star Wars or Marvel or whatever just because, like, I think it's fun when, when movies and shows incorporate those things even if it's just this Lego form. So... I'm looking forward to it, and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it actually comes to fruition or if it was just like a fun little, you know, just teaser thing. Yeah, I would like to see if they actually spin sort of semi-canonical credence to like, what if there actually is a thing that people celebrate in Star Wars that has to do with like Mandalorians around the time of October, or like they would have a fall type of celebration where, like, people would go around, like, carrying helmets and filling them with candy or something like that. <laughs> like, like you removed your helmet, but it's okay, because it's Mandoween. You, you get this one day out of the year, you can take your helmet off, and you could go to these different houses and collect candy. I don't know. But I would yeah, like to see go. them, like, spin some kind of, like, cool celebration and, like, make it canon in <laughs> Star Wars. Like... All we really have is Life Day right now. I think we need a couple other, like, official holidays. Yeah. I'm all for it. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And, and, and while we're on the topic of Lego, this is official. No denying. This was at the Lego booth. There was two new Lego sets based off of Ahsoka. We have one that contains an E-Wing. Yes, I said E-Wing, as in me and Milton were talking about this last week. That's, like, the... First appeared in Legends and Dark Empire. It's just, it literally looks like a X-Wing with the engines just on the bottom of the wing. So it kind of does give you that E appearance uh, from above. And that also comes with Shin Ship, which looks like a World War II, like, Nazi kind of bomber type of, or like fighter, which is very interesting. Very cool kind of real-life concept that was brought into Star Wars. Um, and there's also a separate set that contains... Ahsoka's T6 uh, shuttle. So, yeah, Lego, man, Lego is always doing it right. I remember when Mandalorian Season 3 was coming out, right after the the third or fourth episode with the spider thing and the Mandalorian Mines, they had already 
revealed that they're doing that Lego set. Here we go. We're having a trailer. Ewing shows up. Boom. They put out their Lego set. Like, Lego's doing this. Why doesn't Hasbro do this? You know what I mean? It's, like, kind of weird. Yep. Um, but what'd you think? What'd you guys think about? Did you guys, either of you get a chance to look at these designs or or just a thought on, you know, Legend Ship? I know we were talking about this last week, Milton, but um, uh, Ben, if you want to talk about anything for, like, being cherry picked yeah. from legends or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think it's great. Um, anytime they use legends material like that, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on the value of legends, but I think, you know, it's great getting, you know, because I saw so many people excited on social media about the E Wing being back in Star Wars and blah, 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 and all these things. And like, to me, it's like continue to cherry pick more and more from legends. Like, you know, you might as well. The stories are so rich there. I mean, look, I opened the podcast talking about how great the Zahn trilogy was. Like, you know, you can pull from so many great things from Legends. So the E-Wing is just like another great example of that. And uh, yeah, it was it was exciting seeing it. And it's cool that they're putting it in Lego form, which makes me think it's going to be a prominent ship in the Ahsoka series. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it could be, it could not be. I mean, there's been a lot of times where we get a figure True. or a piece of merch and it's like, oh, look at this Praetorian Guard and they're around. They actually Knights, did something Knights cool. Knights of Ren. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so we got, we got Phasma and Knights of Ren. Mm. True. They did nothing. Mm. True. Nothing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe nothing until we actually see it. <laughs> <laughs> good point <laughs> oh man I, I'm just curious like what the the capabilities of an E-Wing are I haven't really read the legend stuff like you know you got your X-Wings or your like all around good ship you got your A-Wings which are the really fast ones you got your Y-Wings which are the bombers your B-Wings are kind of like a cross between a bomber and an X-Wing it's like alright what's, what's the E-Wing special kind of thing what's going on there it looks like it still uses an astromech so i'm, I'm just curious very curious i, I love the the as i was saying last week i love the the fleets in star wars i'm happy that we're getting the bigger picture with that mustering of those ships that we're seeing in the trailer with the looks like it could be home one is back again in glory so i'm, I'm all for it i'm all for this when it comes to the ships um speaking of hasbro I gotta give Hasbro credit. I know it just kind of threw some shade a minute ago, but oh my gosh, people have gotten their wish. And we now have the ghost for HasLab. And that is, you know, like the crowdfunding thing similar to the Sail Barge and the Razor Crest. I'm surprised, but maybe I shouldn't be, that they actually are doing another one of these because the other two failed so hard. Like you had the Inquisitor Reva's lightsaber, which I don't think barely got any. I mean, that, the problem was a lot of people just weren't a fan of the character, so why would they buy the lightsaber for the character that they didn't really like? And then we also had the Rancor, and that was like the most obvious safe choice, and like we've gotten so many Rancors before. But as the last time I looked, as of an hour ago, in which San Diego Comic-Con is still a apparently going on this thing had like 90 percent of its backing already in like two days <laughs> the ghost that only needs eight thousand people it has about seven thousand oh yeah they'll, they'll get it i'm sure and it's it's on for another several weeks 
people have been pining i i pining for this thing because i remember seeing like a like a couple hours before the panel i'm a you know facebook groups with a couple collecting groups and they're like oh please be the ghost please be the ghost like there was people mocking up the ghost like on one of those pedestals that they would reveal on and sure enough they revealed the ghost and I just got some photos from, I guess, Dominic or whoever's uh, representing the Star Wars Underworld over there right now. I got photos I sent to you guys in the Facebook chat literally 30 minutes ago, and it's right there. You can see it in person if you're, if you're at Comic-Con, and it looks freaking massive. It's huge. Oh, yeah. It's it's cool that they, they, they're doing this, especially with the Ahsoka series. So it's not just like a random ship, you know, like the Falcon or something like it's good that they're aligning it up with the Ahsoka series coming out. And, I mean, hey, it's smart marketing on their part. Yeah, I got the exact dimensions here. It's measuring over 28 inches by 34 inches, and it's over 11 inches tall. With the capacity to hold up to 15 figures. By, by the way, this is for the Vintage Collection. Um, and it comes with a Harrison Dula, so... It's insane. Like you got it, it's basically like the old school like Millennium Falcon, but a lot bigger and a lot more yep. detail. But it's it's like that Falcon in which you could take the panels off and, and you could see like their little lounge. You could see like the separate rooms that like Ezra has and Zeb has. You have the turrets. You even have a Phantom too in which Chopper was sticking out of. Like oh my gosh, I, if I actually had another room to put something this size in i would buy it because it's coming in at a steep 499 but i think it's probably going to be like a must-have for collectors out there this thing looks awesome um for like a play set like which you know 500 is actually the going rate for the sail barge when that was revealed so it's not like too much out of the range i don't know how much i think the razor crest is probably two to three hundred i'm guessing uh, this is obviously much larger than that because this is an actual freighter. But man, imagine imagine being a kid on Christmas and your parents like secretly get this for you, and you're opening this thing up as massive shit, like best Christmas ever. That's what I would say to that. Yeah, that's a good. I mean, that's a definitely good. Uh, it's a good. Like you said, it's a collector's item. But yeah, I mean, getting that big of a thing. I mean, it, it's cool that. You know, like you said, it harkens back to the old days with the Falcon and it just being more detailed and stuff. Yeah, if you if you guys could get one Star Wars anything made in this function with HasLab, do you have any thoughts, any ships, any like actual sets of anything? Within reason, like nothing like crazy out of scale, but um um, um <clears throat> I mean I'd probably take a Death Star. I mean if you, if you build me like a, a significant side Death Star where I can open it up. Sure, yeah, I think I would take that. Yeah, I think that could be feasible with with the vintage. You don't have to. You, you know, you can have like a big sphere and take certain panels off. Maybe it could be like yeah. two feet in diameter, and there's maybe right. like four or five. You have like your trash compactor room. You have like a little hangar area. That'd be pretty neat. Oh, um, yeah, that, yeah. that's a good that's a good idea, Milton. I think for me, like if I could pick anyone, especially coming off of reading these. The Thrawn trilogy plus Ahsoka coming up. E an easy choice, I think, for me. It'd be cool to get the Chimera and have Thrawn, Captain Pelion, Rook, like, you know, like have a little crew. I don't know, have it have it feasible for like 20, 20 figures or something, 20, 25 figures, and like have a, you know, obviously a, a, a Star Destroyer, you know, you can't have it too big, but have a good size, like, I don't know, 
three foot long star destroyer like chimera and i think that would be great yeah to be like to actually have a realistic size of vintage figures i don't think there's like a lot of choices you could really go with i'm, I'm really racking my brain I mean, the first thing that comes to, to mind is just, like, where's the higher public figures? So I'm, like, I, I keep anticipating these panels, like, oh, this is the one they're going to reveal higher public figures. But if they could do, like, a higher public thing, give me a long beam. A long beam is, like, they're a bigger, like, transport that would, you know, have Republic soldiers and Jedi. It's, it's bigger than a gunship, so if you had vintage figures, it would probably still be, like, three or four feet long anyway. But... Yeah, come on. Where, where's our higher public figures? Because as we look at the other things that were revealed on the panel, there is really nothing else that I could recall that was all that exciting, if you ask me. Uh, let's see, you have another Ahsoka, obviously the one from the show. You have the Sabine, that's from the show. You have a Hera, that's from the show. You have another R2-D2. Um, you have a Life Day Wookiee. That, that one threw me for a loop. I was like, okay, they're going to use up resources to make a, a, a generic Wookiee with a red cloak? Like, really? <laughs> like, is, that, is there are that many people asking for a Life Day Wookiee? I mean, this is based off of the terrible freaking Star Wars holiday special you're making a toy of before High Republic. How dare you, Hasbro? How dare you? Of course, I'm just kind of joking, but I'm like, really? No. <laughs> I guess yeah, somebody's going to like that. Somebody's going to have that, or they're, they're going to have it next to, like, an illicit copy cover VHS of Holiday Special, which I've seen in person at our local movie theater in Brooklyn. They actually have somebody mocked up that VHS and they have it on their VHS walls of like infamy or whatever, but uh, That's yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of holidays, they have they have another holiday um, set of figures where it's like you get a certain trooper that looks like a candy cane and, and you know those kind of guys. They, they've released those a lot in the past. Um, the one that's most that's interesting the most for me is the fact that we're getting a pre Vizsla Black Series and Vintage Series figure. That one's cool because like that's unique. Like that's not like based off anything that's coming out for like a time for a series. Like I like the figures like that that just kind of come out of the blue. They're really cool, badass looking characters, and it's like, yeah, he even comes with a dark saber. So yeah, I'm not a collector as I always say anymore. I just have too many of these things that I just have in storage right now. So there's no point in buying them if I can't actually show them off. Um, I, I was about to say, like, where do you store everything? Because there's no way you have room in your in your room, right? No, I just have a couple. I have, like, probably, like, five or six of these things just, like, packed away. And after after I started doing it, I was like, it's it's not even worth it. Um, I, had the, I had the high, pre, I had, like, the high idea to be, like, the grand idea to basically, like, switch out my background which i will do one day um to put like the newer figures back there but at this point i'm just like yeah well, yeah the only what's your plan moving forward because i'm curious about this like so you have all your stuff is your girl cool with you having all this stuff oh yeah she doesn't really mind it so so what yeah. happened was once i got into the miniatures that's where all my exposable income went before the miniatures it was the hasbro figures and now that I do this other stuff, which I enjoy a lot more than just buying a figure. I like actually like creating the figure. That then I only have room slash finances for one of those things. I never had that many right. figures to be going with. At least I don't think this is many compared to like hardcore collectors. But oh, facts. Yeah. 
I'm just saying, like, if, if your girl's like, hey, let's, let's, get, let's get a place together, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so if I want to have a kid someday, blah, 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 you're going to have to make a sacrifice, my man. <laughs> hey, hey, Melton Hill say, hey, we'll save, we'll save all these figures and stuff for the kids. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. First of all, there's no way because you know, I, look, I have I have wrestling action figures that I say that are up, like in a box, like literally just a regular box. Like if I ever have children, like they'll be like, oh, their dad's into cool, like nerdy stuff, but. You ain't playing with this stuff, like come on, man. Like it's just <laughs> now because we're we're at a point in our life where we understand the market value. Yeah. So it's like you might as well just try to like repackage that stuff and like sell it off later. Like literally, like and I bring this point up because you know, I'm sure Chris, you have in your collection of stuff that you have, you probably have a lot of valuable things that if you sold it, and I'm assuming it's all in still good good condition, knowing you, mm. like if you sold it, you probably make a good chunk of money out of it, correct? Yeah, I have a Revan that's probably over a hundred dollars. I have a couple guys. Yeah, like it's ridiculous. Like I have a pop figure right. that's worth over three hundred dollars right now. Or actually, I think it's up to five hundred. <laughs> yeah, think about like like in twenty years, like you know when we're older and we may have families at this point. Mm. Like literally, I go to this one place that's twenty minutes away from me in the other town over, and Power Rangers, for example. Like I- I'm a huge Power Ranger fan as a child, obviously. And looking back on it, it's thinking, man, I wish I would have saved certain things because mm-hmm. I'm seeing they have the the Megazords, whether it's the Dino, Thunder, Ninja, White Tiger, Reg, whatever. And they're like two, three hundred, four hundred bucks a pop. Oh yeah, it's like, you know, if I did, obviously as a child you don't think about that. You know, you don't think about, hey, twenty years from now when I'm thirty something, forty something, I'm gonna resell this. You're thinking, no, I'm gonna play with this forever, and I want to play with it now. It's looking back on it, it's like, yeah, yeah, that's why. So it's like, yeah, I I mean, your collection is dope, but I'm curious to see what will happen with that whenever you decide to take that next phase of your life with (laughs) your person. (laughs) Yeah, well, put it this way we're definitely gonna have to get a place that actually has two livable rooms one for the collectibles, one to actually sleep in. Because of a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So moving on to our publishing side of things, we have the Lucasfilm Publishing Panel. Uh, Quick thoughts, kind of like the Celebration one that I was not super stoked on. There wasn't really any new books announced. It was kind of like, oh, here's a bunch of uh, cover art, which is really cool and can, you know, give you, you know, previews of what's to come. But... You know, I was like, oh, where's our new Inquisitor type of level of reveal book, right, or something like that. So, yeah, we got the first phase of the Higher Public, uh, or third phase, Wave 1. So, all the comics for that stuff coming out at the end of this year, all the, the covers have been revealed. The characters are now older. It's a year later, so not much older, but older and more experienced nonetheless. Um Speaking of visual guides, I know this one's going to interest you, Milton, since you just bought the Rogue One uh, visual guide, but they actually have another visual guide coming out in November called The Age of Rebellion, or Dawn of Rebellion. Um, And if you guys are aware, they have recently done, like, a new timeline for Star Wars, and Dawn of Rebellion is part of, like, the timeline as one of the eras that starts with, like, Star Wars Rebels, and it goes to, like... The Battle of um, Jakku or something. So anyway, this 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 visual dictionary is actually going to give us the guides for Andor, Obi Wan, 
Bad Batch, so like all in that area of the timeline. So like they have preview pages for like Fortress Inquisitorious, for House Organa, for the Rise of the Stormtroopers. Like out of all things, like I'm always a sucker for these type of like reference books because those always have like the little nitty gritty details that I really like get absorbed into. Like, oh, what's what's this character doing over here? Like they are a little backstory. Now they have their like own story in a comic book that stemmed from like this little like passage in a visual guide. So like those are the sort of things that like really add to the world building of Star Wars. And it's been a it's been a while. It's been since 2019 that we got one of these with the Rise of Skywalker and they haven't been doing these for the series. We haven't gotten anything for this for Mandalorian. In fact, we were supposed to get one for Mandalorian, and they pulled it. Like, I guess, you know, again, they're very secretive about that property specifically, so they're not giving us that. Although, I I'm interested by this because they couldn't have waited, like, another year to do this one because we're going to be missing, like, a big chunk of Andor since only half of it is is done. Um, but anyway, I mean, like, the, the layouts, the images... This is a proper visual guide, which I'm excited for. Oh, yeah. I mean, the visual guides are always really nice. You know, it's just, uh, like you said, it adds, like, those little further details. I think for me, like, uh, one of the best visual guides I ever had, it was the one for Phantom Menace, just because, like, it added so many, like, little details about the ships, the creatures, everything. Like, like those type of visual guides are always, you know, really fun to get. So it's cool that they're, you know, doing another one. Oh yeah, oh yeah, um, yeah. So that was that was the publishing panel, and we have a really cool booth that we had some images from for the Ahsoka um, area of the of the floor. There, they had the Rebel mural that they had at Star Wars Celebration. They had like a maquette of Ahsoka. They have a I don't know if you guys checked this out or not, but they had like a live action looking like um, Tuka cat or something or Loth cat. It looks so weird seeing something that looks like it could only exist in animation and you see it in live action it really reminds me of that dog creature from the never ending story like that's the first thing that came to mind what is oh. that thing called atreyu or something maybe i don't know maybe it's a different I dog i know atreyu which is a f one of my favorite bands got named after something in that movie <laughs> but it, this thing looks cool. And when I was at Galaxy's Edge, there is a uh, there's like a little like creature saw place you could buy like little like stuffed animals and stuff from, and they actually have like a sleeping loth cat. Um, so that was interesting. But this one is like a little white one. So I'm like, all right, this is cool. Like, of course, Dave Filoni is gonna find a way to get this thing into live action. It looks really good. They have a close up of its face. It looks they do great work. Um. Let's see. We we have another light. We have Marak's lightsaber. We have the you know the starship, uh, the the Soka starship, the T six Jedi shuttle. So, I, I do want to take a moment to just highlight the lightsaber designs for Shin Halley's and Balin um, Scrolls lightsabers. They both have like this kind of pommel that looks very similar to Cal Kestis's lightsaber. Like it's they're they're extra you know they're extra long the more room for the hands on the on the hilt um it's got that little pommel both of them do and especially balin's looks like it's more like sith oriented because it has like those prong things on the emitter which is like the end point of the lightsaber 
So, I mean, I, I'm just so intrigued by those two characters and how they're going to fit in with the story because they, they got that, that kind of gray background. We were talking a lot about them last week's podcast, Ben, about these two... I wouldn't call I wouldn't call them gray Jedis. I, I would say they're probably more like dark side users at this point because they are just flat out killing people, but it'll be cool to see how they factor in. And I'm liking the design of their characters, including their lightsaber hilts, that's all. Oh yeah, I'm excited for their characters. I I think for me even more than like Grey Jedi or whoever, I feel like they're more like Dark Jedi. It seems like than anything. That's right. Yeah. Um, and it's just yeah, the, their characters are going to be interesting just to see what uh, you know, where they end up leading. Like, like uh, yeah, I don't know. The, the, it it's going to be interesting to see how far they make it through this series. If they're integral, if they're not, you know, whatever. Um, the great thing though about the trailer with those characters and with all the stuff we saw, most of the time. The stuff we see in the trailers are in like the first two or three episodes. So, you know, we saw plenty of stuff to go for the series. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the second episode ends because I guess it could be one of those situations where they felt like if the first episode airs, it's not really like enough to keep the viewer engaged. So they got to give us the two episodes and there's a zinger at the end of those two episodes. It's like, oh, maybe Thrawn shows up at the end of episode two and it's like all right this is where stuff gets good i gotta tune in first thing on wednesday to watch it like that's what they gotta get the the fans to be be like you know just like rabid for this storyline so it it took two episodes to get there and that's what's probably gonna happen and one last thing to talk about this week is the video games of star wars it is first off i i gotta give praise to ubisoft uh, Respawn, you know, as much as I love those Star Wars Jedi games, they are good. There's nothing bad about them in my eyes. They they never really got a, a lot of time to shine, especially Jedi Survivor in, in the good old convention circuit. Didn't really have... It had presence at Star Wars Celebration. They had, like, the booth that was sponsored by them, but they didn't have, like, a booth to play it or anything. But Star Wars Outlaws had, like, a little cool, like, speeder bike you can get on, and it had, like... It was actually like almost exactly what I did at, at the Wizarding World tour in, in London with Harry Potter, where like you got on a broomstick and it had like the little CGI thing. It was actually like that with a speeder bike. So I was really jealous of the people I got to go on one of my favorite vehicles in Star Wars. Um, so they had that there, but they also had a panel. And the panel um, gave us a, a nice like five, six minute like little behind the scenes documentary of like some talking heads of the developers talking about their process for the game or whatever so like it's nice getting that some behind the scenes of the acting uh by humberly who's playing k vest the main character so i did pick out a couple details that we didn't know before uh comic-con so i'll just kind of run through those first of all this is this is a big one apparently job of the hud is in the game and we're actually going to be doing missions for him going back and forth to his palace and apparently like, you could actually piss him off, and he's going to send bounty hunters after you. So, remember, this is an open-world game. Star Wars Outlaws is going to be one of those games where it's going to be like Red Dead Redemption, so you can kind of go around as you please, do certain missions at your own leisure, and just kind of hang out in places. So, I love the idea that I could just literally hang out at Jabba's palace with all his, uh, you know, his uh, ne'er-do-wells hanging out there. Um, and apparently, Dee Bradley Baker is doing the voice of Jabba, and... I never thought that could be a thing, but since I've seen him at several conventions, the fact that he could just master any creature. He's even doing Nyx, 
who is your like little BD one companion, if you will, that little new creature to Star Wars. So it's pretty neat to see how he's actually going to be voicing Jabba. I'm sure he's going to be doing a great voice. I mean, the guy's a voice of a thousand clones. I'm pretty sure he could pull off Jabba. I'll say, did he? He do wait? Did he, did he do the voice for the uh, Jabba the Hut animation version? I wasn't sure. Oh, I never actually I'm not checked sure. to see I mean, who did that. He, I mean, what Bradley D. Baker? Like, he does like Obi Wan. No, that's what's his name? Steve Sam. Someone else. That's uh, Taylor. James Arnold Taylor. Yeah. Um, but no, Brad sounds like. I mean, sounds right. He would do it, but did he do Jabba in the in the cart in the Clone Wars? I'm not sure. Yeah, Ben, you'll have to do some digging on that. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. Yeah, I'm about to say, look, I think if I'm any video game developer, just get the voice actors to do them. Like, the Clone Wars Rebels, like, they they do everything. So, yeah. Hell yeah. Smart. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Jabba and the bad people of the galaxy, the different syndicates, there are going to be different syndicates and different Imperial forces on like four or five planets I think they have so far. I think we have Tashara, which is the brand new planet developed for the game. That's going to be the main planet. It has a city that is built into a mountain. And it looks super cool. That I know they had their screenshots floating around from the panel. And I don't think they're actually on the website. They might be. But yeah, it's, it's pretty neat. I love when Star Wars puts things that are different but unique. And and the developers are speaking at the panel saying they have a rule where it's like um, a story group. It's like 80-20. So 80% of an environment should be kind of, you know, familiar to us as like humans. Like, okay, like yeah. we're in Tatooine. Yeah, obviously we have deserts on Earth. Like that's cool. But then you have like crazy fantastical places that make up 20% of it. They make it feel right. like it's Star Wars. So it can't be like too over the top. But I like how they were talking about the design process of this brand new planet, Tashara, and how they actually went out to like an east eastern Africa savanna to actually get the the feel for it. So that's that's cool because this is gonna be a location like we haven't really seen in Star Wars before. They were talking about how with their snowdrop engine. They're going to be using a lot of wind wind effects, like wind effects you've never seen in, in any other game before. Just things blowing um, through the wind and just adding like an extra layer of immersion through that. And just like the different kind of uh, flora and fauna, the different animals that are around. I, I'm excited to see this place. And I think there was a report that came out from another person before the convention that said like these planets are going to be massive. They're going to be like... If you, if you look at, like, Assassin's Creed um, Odyssey, which is one of the biggest open-world games to date, like, it's going to be comparable to that game split between, like, three or four planets, I think. So here we got this. We got Kajimi. We got Tatooine. Also on Tatooine, you're going to be able to go to Maz Eisley, so that's really exciting. And this entire time, you're traveling everywhere with a speeder bug that you can even customize and they're modeling the speeder bike over like motocross and i'm all for extreme sports like i picked up skateboarding again recently so i'm all i'm all about that life and and uh just the fact that your character could do like tricks on the freaking speeder bike as she's like flying over these sand dunes or whatever kind of terrain is just like that is so freaking cool to me the fact that you can actually customize that you can even customize the trailblazer which is your ship 
you can customize Kay's outfits and they actually affect her abilities, some of them, when you customize them. So even Nick's, like your little alien companion, it seems like they're going to be able to customize that creature. So they are doing all the right things because, again, when it comes to customization, that's how I get really immersed in these video games. Um, just look at Star Wars Jedi Survivor every, like, 30 minutes i just feel the need to like randomize my appearance to look like somebody different because or change how, how cal looks because it's it's just so fun it's so easy to do so um yeah one last thing that they mentioned here uh was about this new crime syndicate so so far we have the huts confirmed we have the pikes confirmed and we have the uh, sika clan which is made just for the game these guys are based off kajimi they have like a certain kind of hierarchy uh, they're kind of like a hives type of mind or like and they're very insect like so we haven't seen these guys in Star Wars before but it's always great when we can start you know sprinkling through these new things throughout the canon maybe we'll see them in the bounty hunters comic or something like that but yeah just uh, let's widen out the world everybody should not be a pike or a Gamorrean or uh, Klaatuinians. We see enough of those in Mandalorian, so I'm ready to see some new species, some new kind of guys with different kind of gear, you know? Oh, yeah, I'm excited for the game, and, you know, that little documentary thing made me more excited for it, so, like, definitely, I definitely recommend people to check it out, because it, it's worth a watch, and it's good just getting more of a feel, you know, for the game, and, yeah. Heck Did you yeah. say that these, this documentary, is it on YouTube? Is it on, did they stream Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's on okay. I can link it's it. It's like six minutes. Sorry, I, I didn't have enough I'll, time I'll to put it in the notes. That's okay. Yeah. I'll have to check it out then because I'm curious now to see what what the world looks like. After hearing this, I'm like, okay, because obviously, like, you know, I, I love the Star Wars games as anyone knows, but I'm also very curious about how this game is different from the other ones. I think the last two Star Wars games that were released with Survivor and Fallen Order have been hits. So... Obviously, the trajectory is up when it comes to the product being put out. That's pretty successful. So I want to check this out. I want to see what the world's like. I love the trailer as we talked about that months ago. Um, yeah, I'm going to check this out and see what it's like because I'm curious to see what the game looks like and what they're trying to do with it. And again, if it's something that I'm interested in, it's another reason to motivate me to get a PS5. Yeah, but we already know you're getting one to play uh, NCAA, right? Or something like that. Yep. Damn right. <laughs> When's when's that coming yeah. out? Next summer. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you'll, you, uh, and this game well, is coming out twenty twenty four. I might get it early because I said, look, Spider Man Two's coming out. Oh so yeah. Because I like, you I play like the those Spider Man one? games, so I'm gonna have to get that now. So it's like we'll see. Oh man. So yeah, I think all in all, San Diego Comic Con was pretty good. We got all things that we wanted as far as publishing. We even got some looks at the, at the live action series through the props of Ahsoka, so there's a lot going on there. Next stop, New York Comic Con. We'll see what kind of presence Lucasfilm has there in October. I think it's kind of hit or miss if the you know, the different um, the unions will still be on strike by then. Hopefully not. Hopefully everything will be cleared out by the end of the summer, hopefully. And we could all go back to just not worrying about that and just worrying about just simply enjoying entertainment again. Um, but yeah, thanks guys for, for joining me this week. I know Milton, you said you're going to be um, away on vacation or some time off for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Yes, that's correct. Um, this weekend, this Saturday is my birthday. So uh, me and the girlfriend are going out of town to um, a baseball game. And then, 
We're hanging out with her friends on Sunday all day on their boat. So it's going to be a nice little birthday weekend for myself. And actually, uh, Friday, the day before my birthday, we're going to like this old like theater to watch The Goonies. Oh. So, yeah, so it's going to be a full weekend on my birthday. And then the following weekend, uh, my little niece turns one. So we're doing like a, a get together with my family that Sunday. So it's going to be like an all day thing. So, yeah. Yeah, I always forget birthday celebrations the next two weeks. I always forget that our birthday is like two or three days away because mine is actually the twenty seventh of Thursday. (laughs) So we'll both be celebrating in in earnest next week. I'm gonna be here. I'm gonna be chilling. I'm gonna be going to probably to New York uh, the next following Monday or whatever. But yeah, what's up? Yeah, my 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 one good friend. His name is also Chris. His birthday is on the thirty first. (laughs) <laughs> so his is that Monday, so it's like, and then I said my niece is the next week, so I'll be doing all that. So you know, it's 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 nice to get away and, and, and celebrate those those things in life. Oh yeah, very very good. And everybody can follow you on social media at Milton Weber Seven, yeah. or on Instagram at Milton Seven Weber. Um, again, I'm always posting about like sports, funny stuff, some meal prep stuff, workout stuff. So check it out. Keep it positive. Um, yeah, man. Come check me out, man. I'm a, I'm a good follower. I try to keep it simple. Heck yeah. What about you, Ben? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram talking Star Wars and fitness as I go through this diet phase. Down three pounds since last Sunday, so the diet's rolling good. And you can find me at Real Ben Maynard on both of those platforms. All right. And you can find me here on the channel, youtube.com slash Star Raptors, where I post weekly videos. Uh, I'm going to have a lot of book reviews coming out. I'm currently reading... Tales of Light and Life, an anthology for the High Republic, which launched early at New York Comic Con. Actually, I have it right here. I can show you guys. Forgot to mention this. Yeah, so this is really cool. Um, So look out for that review pretty soon. Um, And if you are watching and you actually prefer to listen, we actually have this available in podcast form on any podcast app, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, and many more so yeah join us next sunday for whatever we'll be talking about uh we still have some other news stories that have kind of gone by the wayside in our very busy couple weekends here so who knows when we'll take some of those out of hiding and put them in here and talk about them but yeah that's gonna do it for milton for ben for i chris aka star after this was outer room transmission 115 thanks for watching may the force be with you and transmission